Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Friday, January 20th, 2023. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of our special March for Life edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This morning, we've been talking about the issue of life uh, with a great lineup of national pro-life leaders from the 50th Annual National March for Life in Washington, D.C. This is the first march since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Now, Relevant Radio reached a huge milestone yesterday. We reached the 500 million memoraries plateau. These are 500 million memoraries offered to end abortion, and it is truly just the beginning of making our country pro-life. There's still a lot of work to be done. If you can't make it to the March for Life in Washington or any of the other marches across the country, you can still uh, join this new beginning by signing up to pray and fast in solidarity with the marchers at the March for Life. It's still not too late. You can uh, do it this morning. You can sign up at relevantradio.com fast and receive our free downloadable booklet, The Choice is Love, to help you answer the most pressing questions uh, facing the abortion debate with compassion and uh, Catholic Church-grounded teachings. want to bring in our Morning Air team once again, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Uh, Sarah, we've been hearing from a lot of folks uh, all week long from not only this country, but internationally. Uh, how are some of the folks participating uh, in this day? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, Jill in the United Kingdom saying she's fasting from food. Jane in L.A. saying that she's going to skip a meal and only drink one cup of coffee instead of three. Well, good luck there, Jane. Uh, Aaron from Rhode Island asking us, uh, he's telling us that he's going to be doing some fasting. He's going to fast from uh, fast from food, but he also said he'd like us to pray for him because his wife is having a C-section today. So, man, we'll pray for you. We're, we'll, we're fasting for life. We'll pray for life. It's a great day. Everybody can join in, and man, it's super easy to do. Just go right to the website, Click the link, put in your information, and you get the free ebook. So it's like you give a little something up, you get a little something back. It's a great deal. Absolutely. In fact, even if you uh, forgot about it and you already had breakfast, it's still not too late. You can fast uh, throughout the day, uh, lunch and uh, dinner. Again, all you have to do is go to uh, uh, our website. Uh, Website, relevantradio.com slash fast, and uh, you can uh, be a part of this hash fast for life uh, movement. Glenn, of course, the big story this morning is the march for life in our nation's capital. Uh, What is the latest? Well, it should be a bit of a celebratory march this time around with Roe v. Wade being overturned not quite a year ago, but this the 50th march and plenty of work to do on the state level. Uh, Now, some 14 plus states have outlawed abortion completely, but uh, that leaves a lot more to go. Marches around the country, too, in addition to Washington, D.C. this weekend in uh, Minnesota, one of our uh, bigger relevant radio markets in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. The march to the state capitol starts with a uh, mass for life at the St. Paul Cathedral at noon on Sunday. 
2 o'clock, uh, the march a few blocks away to the Capitol, and uh, much more happening there. And we'll we'll have uh, updates from around the, the country as well throughout the course of the day. There, uh, on this very same day, John Amaris, poll out, uh, done with the Knights of Columbus, of uh, women, 72% say there should be some limits on abortion. Absolutely. Uh, This is uh, great news, this uh, latest poll. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, there was also news uh, from the Supreme Court. Uh, They were not able to find uh, the source of uh, that leaked opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade. That's really unusual, really unusual, especially in light of the fact that what was leaked was almost verbatim what actually came out officially. And uh, I wanted to also get your, your thoughts. You're a big football fan. Uh, Hall of Fame football coach Tony Dungy will be speaking uh, on the big stage today at the March for Life. And uh, some uh, extremists on the left are calling him a right-wing extremist, uh, which I find absolutely outrageous uh, for uh, such a great uh, coach and, and man of character, man of God. Yeah, well-respected throughout his career. I remember listening to him as the quarterback in the Minnesota Gophers back in the 70s before he got in the NFL as a player, a defensive back, and then a coach, but well-respected uh, throughout the coaching ranks and uh, as an analyst on, on TV as well. But a contentious issue like this, John, there'll always be lots of name-calling. Well, I mean, I think we missed the headline here that Jesus will be at the March for Life. The actor who plays uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays uh, Jesus in the show The Chosen, is going to be there. I mean, that's big deal when when the big guy shows up at the March for Life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not uh, every March <laughs> that uh, Jesus shows up, so that'll be great to have uh, Jonathan there. Uh, a great lineup, also including uh, the Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch. Uh, she's the one who uh, won the Dobbs Supreme Court case that overturned Roe. So uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, the uh, um, theme for this year's March, Next Steps, Marching into a Post-Roe America. So uh This entire hour, guys, will be uh, dedicated uh, to uh, the March for Life. As always, thanks so much, uh, Sarah and Glenn. Sure thing, John. After the 500 million memoraries that we reached yesterday, this morning, we're going to start in prayer uh, and pray the powerful memorari prayer for life through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, the Pope of life, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember that on Fridays, we always take a moment to remember the sacred heart of Jesus, as well as the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook, at Morning Air Show. You can send us an email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. And again, our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888 914 
Now, this year's March for Life is a somber reminder of the 64 million-plus unborn babies that have perished from abortion the past 50 years since Roe v. Wade. For abortion to be done, many things need to happen. It's a collaborative work from different entities, the corporate world, the legal, political, and medical world, the change of our culture, the lack of support given to mothers and babies and families, and many other factors. Joining us live from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. is Morning Air contributor Mary Helen Fiorito uh, to talk about the legal aspects of a post-Roe world. Mary's an attorney, public speaker, and commentator on issues involving Catholic Church teachings, administration, and religious freedom. She holds the position of the Cardinal Francis George Fellow at both the Ethics and Public Policy Center at the, the Nicholas Center for Ethics and Culture, the University of Notre Dame. Good morning, Mary. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It is great to be with you live from our nation's capital on this historic day. Yeah, good morning to you and to all the listeners from Washington. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in D.C., and it's like God's blessed the the march with the weather this year that we'd always dreamed of. I just think of the 25 years I've been coming to to this march. Um, More often than not, with very few exceptions, there's ice on the ground. It's freezing, you know, but everybody as joyful as can be in marching. But now it's it's just like the weather. Even the weather is acknowledging today that Roe has been overturned. Now, Mary, you've been on the ground now since uh, yesterday. Uh, do you get a, a feel of, of what, it, what it's like? Uh, can you give us a sense of uh, what it, what's happening there in Washington? Well, I was present last night at a wonderful uh, presentation that the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at Notre Dame put on, uh, a panel presentation with former Congressman Dan Lipinski and uh, Dr. Monique Chirot, who is an obstetrician and gynecologist, and Leah Labresco-Sargent. Um, and we just had an actual, you know, in-depth conversation this time around. We had a really good number of participants, and it was so interesting to me to see the the way in which the questions have sort of changed now. You know, people want to know more about things like, you know, fetal pain and fetal development and, you know, what, you know, what does a just law look like rather than the, you know, the, the binary of choice or life, right, that we've always talked about for the last 50 years. Now that people really have to come to grips with this issue very personally in their states, they're asking a lot of those questions that should have been asked in the first place, John, right? I mean, when the Supreme Court decided um, Roe versus Wade, it had no findings of fact, which is normally always the case, right? Um, when, when a case goes as far as the Supreme Court, the court never interviewed any obstetricians or gynecologists or neonatologists or experts on uh, fetal development or embryology. There was no facts that the court looked at scientifically, and they came up with sort of this sentence at the beginning of the case, no one knows where life, when life begins. Well, we all know when life begins now because science has concluded it universally. So it's really just interesting to see the way that people are thinking now, um, now that restricting abortion um, in some states is now a possibility. So that's been a really interesting piece of it. I also spoke yesterday morning to um, more than 100 students from two Jesuit Catholic high schools, Tampa Jesuit and New Orleans Jesuit. And I was just so impressed with these young men. And again, the really 
provocative, interesting questions that they had and wanting to know how they could talk to their friends who go to public schools about, you know, information on on pro-life matters and, um, you know, what to do if they they find out that someone, you know, a person their age is pregnant. So, again, just a terrific conversation. There's just so much. The joy in the air is palpable. And um, I'm really looking forward to going to the march a little bit later on today. Well, Mary, what were some of the things that you were able uh, to share uh, during uh, your uh, part of the roundtable with some of these young people? Well, you know, one of the things I talked about, and John, as you know, I served for many years on the board of directors of a wonderful pregnancy center called Aid for Women, which is in Chicago. And at Aid for Women, we have two different maternity homes, which is kind of an old-fashioned name, but um, it's they're, they're homes where pregnant women can live while they're pregnant. And then we have a transitional home where moms can live with their babies up until the age of three. Uh, the, the goal is to move each mom towards independence and towards self-sufficiency. And so we, you know, will walk with a woman as long as that takes. And so I, I told a couple of stories um, about women who had come to us and in very difficult situations, um, but they didn't need abortions. They needed help. And I talk about how Pope Francis has speaks so beautifully about accompaniment. And that's what he means by that. He doesn't just mean, you know, you hand somebody a pack of diapers and a onesie and say, you know, good luck to you. Accompanying means, you know, walking with those women, being with those women, sometimes going with those women to their doctor's appointments. Um, one of the other speakers, Leah Labresco Sargent, spoke about the Sisters of Life, which is a wonderful order of Catholic religious women founded by John, John Cardinal O'Connor from New York. And the women that they serve, the pregnant women that they serve, they go to the delivery rooms with these women and they go to their doctor's appointments. And, you know, Leo was commenting, it was very insightful how differently doctors will treat poor women, especially poor women of color, um, if they're not accompanied. But with, when, they, when one of those sisters walks in with them, boy, the doctors all of a sudden treat them with a lot more respect. They're much more um, inclined to listen to them, to see how they're feeling, um, to, to really, you know, understand who they are and what they want for their, the birth of their child. So, you know, really just comprehensive um, you know, reflections on the things that women really need that I hope now that Roe is in the, you know, dustbin of history, now we can move forward to really start looking at the best ways to serve pregnant women. Mary, uh, b- being an attorney, a Catholic attorney, uh, you're plugged into uh, the legal aspects of uh, what this all means here in this uh, post-Roe world. Can you share some of the things that we need to, to consider from a legal perspective uh, if we're ever going to see an end to abortion in our nation? Right. So one thing for people to understand is that um, because Roe has been overturned, it doesn't mean that abortion is now illegal in the United States. That's What the court said in the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe, was that there is no right that is grounded in the federal constitution for an abortion. It's not it's not in there explicitly. It's not even in there implicitly. So now the people of the states of this country have to debate and decide and deliberate about what kind of abortions are going to allow and how how latent pregnancy they're going to allow them. And some states like Illinois, you know, allow abortions up until the moment of birth. Um, for any reason whatsoever, and many of those are even taxpayer-funded. Other states like Texas restrict abortion after a heartbeat can be detected, so that's at about six weeks, and and provide, you know, at the same time, they have 
really um, put more than, I think, $100 million into programs, statewide programs that assist pregnant women and their unborn children. And um, so those are, you know, those are just two very different contrasting states, you know, just to give you an idea of that. However, that doesn't mean that federally things can't still be done or, you know, on either end of the spectrum. For example, President Biden has said very, you know, um, strongly that he wants to codify Roe versus Wade into federal law. So what that would mean would be to make it a federal a federal law, and it would be have to pass, you know, passed in Congress in both houses of Congress, and then signed by the president. And um, you know, Biden is very, very clear that he wants to do that. So the federal level still matters because things can be decided at the states level doesn't mean that they also can't be addressed at the federal level. And that goes for both sides, right? I mean, the, we we tried to pass the Born Alive Infants Protection Act last week, which would protect. Uh, babies, if uh, an abortion is botched and they're born alive, that those babies would re- receive the same medical care. And what's astounding to me, John, is that any human being, much less any Catholic legislator, could vote against um, a bill that only provides babies who are born alive to receive the same kind of care that any other baby would receive. You know, the right to abortion is not the right to a dead baby. Those are very different things. But that's what the, the and it's sadly or a good number of Catholic legislators who voted against giving life-saving treatment to babies um, or even, you know, compassionate comfort care to babies who survive an abortion attempt. Um, Mary, um, yesterday um, it, uh, it was breaking news. The Supreme Court uh, announced that it had failed to find the source of the leaked opinion overturning Roe v. Wade, something that you and I talked about uh, last summer. Your right. reaction? Gosh, I was... I was <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that, actually, John. I find it very, I, I, I don't want to accuse anyone of lying, but I find that very hard to believe. I just find it really hard to believe that in this day and age, when you leave an electronic footprint everywhere you go, everywhere you go, every time you use your phone, every time you log into your computer, and as you noted at the, at the outset of, the, of uh, our conversation today, um, what was leaked was almost verbatim the entire opinion. Um, re- very little changed in the opinion between the leaked opinion, the leaked draft, and then the actual opinion from the court. So I, I, just, I just find, you know, with, with all that the FBI can do to trace a multitude of things that they were not able to find from this person. Um, and I also, I also find it hard to believe that others who work within the court system wouldn't have some inkling of who it is. You know, that being said, I think, you know, the, I, we have to trust that if the court is saying we can't find this person, that maybe that is the case. I, I just, I don't know, maybe I watch too many crime shows or something. I just find it, I just kind of find it hard to believe. I, you know, um, some of your listeners and my husband does IT technology and, you know, he's always talking about this, about the digital footprint that you live, that, that you leave rather everywhere you go. Um, and it, it's really hard to do something like that um, in, in a way where it couldn't be traced somehow. Mary, I knew you'd have a strong opinion on, on that uh, issue. Uh, Joe is joining us. He wants to be part of the conversation uh, from Passaic, uh, New Jersey. Joe, good morning. Uh, welcome to the show. You're on with Mary Helen Fiorito. Yeah. Right, quick comment. It seems like the courts always have trouble determining the truth. But the reason I called was, uh, are there any programs to encourage the fathers who want to have their kids aborted in the mother's zone, are there any programs for them to, uh, you know, to come to the light, so to speak? 
I mean, right. they have to uh, be a very quick program with a you know a short time involved. Right. Well, Joe, that's um, that is a very good question. Thank you for that. Um, you know, uh, the the role that the father of the child in every abortion plays cannot be in you know any way underestimated. And so many women that I have spoken to who have had abortions talk about a level of coercion that exists um, in almost every case, uh, not always from the baby's father, but sometimes, and um, sometimes from the girl's parents, unfortunately, as well. But uh, it, it is something that I think, you know, when I talked to these young men from these two high schools yesterday, you know, we talked a little bit about responsibility and what that means and what it means to be a man and what it means to be someone who protects and defends his children. And, you know, God can call even the people who are in the most frightened and the most difficult circumstances, God can call them to greatness. And I think that's one of the things we need to be emphasizing in some of our messaging, Joe, to your point, is that fathers, you have a responsibility here too. The world does not need more irresponsible men. And that's what abortion has allowed in this country for 50 years. Thanks so much, uh, Joe. Super, super important uh, point uh, for so many men out there. Uh, Mary, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us uh, live for, from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's going to be a, a historic march. Uh, thanks again for being with us. Oh, it's, it's been my pleasure, and I hope I'll see some of the listeners today later on at the march. Absolutely. Thanks again. Mary Helen Fiorito uh, from Washington, D.C. You can find her on Twitter, at Mary Fiorito. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life of America, will join us from the March for Life with the latest on the post-road generation and defending life at the universities and the colleges, the young people. So stay with us as this special March for Life edition of Morning Air continues on Relevant Radio and the Relevant and radio app. We are the post-generation and we will abolish abortion. We are the post-generation and we will And welcome back to this special March for Life edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's great to be with you on this Friday morning. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. Now, to really understand the significance of this year's March for Life, I want to take you back to June 24th of last year and the scene in front of the Supreme Court uh, when the overturning of Roe v. Wade was made official, uh, announced by our uh, friend, Kristen Hawkins. historic moment it was. Joining us live from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. for much more perspective is Morning Air contributor Kristen Hawkins herself, the president of Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action. Kristen is a Catholic Christian, a wife, a mother, grassroots activist, author, speaker, and a human rights advocate who's coordinated a national team that serves over 1,300 Students for Life chapters in all 50 states and has trained well over 150,000 young 
young people. Good morning, Kristen. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be with us uh, here this morning, live from D.C. on this historic day. It's great to be with you. Good morning. Thanks for having me today. Kristen, uh, last year, June 24th, you uh, were the official voice that made that historic announcement of Roe being overturned just in front of the Supreme Court. What's it like to be back at the scene, to be back uh, for this uh, historic March for Life? Well, you know, there were a lot of emotions today. I think you're going to see, and I'll certainly see a lot of young people celebrating the victory. That was the Dobbs decision. Uh, remembering, you know, all of those who for 49 years fought so courageously to get us to to that point of that reversal of Roe versus Wade. But I think today you also you'll feel um, and will certainly feel a spirit of, you know, remembrance uh, of sadness for the lives that we were unable to save despite our best efforts. The 63 million little boys and girls who were taken from us because of this atrocity that seven men in 1973 allowed. Um, and I think you'll also feel um, a spirit of hope and opportunity. Um, you know, I've been in the hallways of the hotels and meeting with the leaders and student activists. And, you know, the question is, well, what's next? Where do we go from here? What's the, what's the, What's our top focus point on my campus or in my community or at my state house? You know, how quickly can we move to achieve our ultimate goal, which is seeing abortion made unavailable and unthinkable throughout our land? Kristen, obviously you're plugged into the to the young people, uh, the post-road generation. Um, mm-hmm. Do you sense that enthusiasm on the part of, uh, of these young uh, high school and college students? Absolutely. Our National Pro-Life Summit tomorrow, which we're honored to co-host with Abby Johnson and then we're none, the Alliance Defending Freedom and Heritage Foundation, sold out again this year with 2,000 plus young people going to be in attendance, all gathering, not to just simply celebrate the victory of Rose reversal, um, but to say what's next, to strategize for moving forward. Because, And the challenge I will lay before them tomorrow um, is to be unstoppable, is to be relentless, that this is our, this is our, this is our generation uh, who has been charged with picking up this mantle, that the you know, original pro-life generation has gotten us to this point, you know, and our legacy is going to be what comes next. What do we do next to stop, you know, the dangerous chemical abortion pills? Uh, that you know are will soon be coming to every local pharmacy near you, and if you know, Biden's FDA gets their way, it just in a couple of years will be sold over the counter, which would dramatically, if we get to that point, transform our in, in, entire culture in our country. Um, and so we have so much to do. The abortion lobby certainly has not taken you know uh, Rose defeat uh, as a way as a as a call to slow down. They've only sped up. They've only gotten more creative. They've only gotten more brutal in the ways that they're um, killing and ending the lives of human children and putting their mothers at risk. Uh, So the call for us is to be innovative, to be gritty, to be fast moving, uh, and to continue forward to be this unstoppable 
relentless force until we see victory. Well, Kristen, I know that uh, Students for Life uh, is uh, doing such a great job of educating uh, the young people. In fact, you guys just released a, a new poll that shows uh, Gen Z and Gen Y are absolutely against uh, this Biden administration uh, chemical uh, abortion uh, movement. Uh, what did you find in that in that poll, um, uh, Kristen? Yeah, the, the poll that we released yesterday you know, on Gen Z and Gen Y was so important. It was done with YouGov, um, you know, interviewed more than 1,200 youth voters, so the, the largest voting bloc in America, the most liberal voting bloc in America. And it was shocking. You know, we saw, you know, 60, almost 60 percent said they supported codifying, quote unquote, codifying Roe. We told them what that meant, and we saw an instant 20-point shift. And the pro-life, the pro-life side gaining the majority, gaining the support. When we talked about the dangerous no-test online chemical abortion scheme that President Biden's weaponized DOJ and FDA has been promoting, we had 91% of the most liberal voting bloc in America agree with us that at the very minimum women should you know, have to undergo an ultrasound to make sure she's not experiencing a life-threatening ectopic pregnancy or have a blood test to make sure she's not arch-negative, which having the chemical abortion and not being treated would render her infertile for the rest of her life. We were in the 90%, 9 out of 10 young people agreeing with us that this is a, this is a reckless move from the Biden administration. It was unbelievable, and it's completely counter to the, the messaging that the mainstream media continues to promote about, you know, the status of uh, abortion views in, in America today. And that's exactly uh, why uh, visiting all these different universities that you've been doing, these tours, uh, is so important uh, to really educate uh, the young kids. Uh, you've been really uh, sharing uh, pro-life apologetics uh, with the youth. Absolutely. I mean, this is why, you know, we need to continue. The One of the biggest challenges we have certainly seen on college campuses uh, this fall has been how quickly the fear-mongering and the lies that the abortion lobby and Planned Parenthood began to spread in June, uh, how quickly that took hold. And I, you know, that, that to me is one of my biggest concerns. And I think that's why, you know, when we talk about, you know, for example, social media censorship, this is a big deal for us because, you know, while we have a lot of concerns about who owns, you know, TikTok and the banning, uh, shadow banning of organizations or, you know, videos like mine, you know, videos will start to go viral and suddenly they disappear and you're like, where did this video go? It had millions of views. Um, but one of, but it, it is a tool for us to educate young people and it's, you know, become very clear with, you know, just Elon Musk take over a Twitter that there has been a concerted effort to put, push uh, an agenda, an anti-science, pro-abortion agenda, over letting you know the, the facts get out there, and that if it becomes a major problem for us. And the young people need to uh, to know about uh, these polls on uh, Gen Z and Gen Y that you uh, conducted uh, with Students for Life of America. Uh, there was another poll that just came out just a couple of days ago, uh, a Knights of Columbus Marist poll that showed uh, that 70 percent of women support uh, these uh, pro-life laws and uh, some uh, kind of restrictions on abortion. Uh, the average young person probably doesn't even know this. Absolutely. And that's what we found every year in our polling. 
Uh, this January is no different. You know, we ask young people if they're, we'll ask them some question like, do you support abortion? Are you pro-choice? Uh, you know, this year's question was, do you, do you support codifying Roe? And they immediately say, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good with that. And then you take one sentence in a poll, in a poll that isn't supposed to be a mind-changing exercise, and you say, just so you know, this is what you just, you know, this is the definition of codifying Roe, and you see a 20-point shift in a poll. It's not, you know, and that shows you the power of what we're doing every day on college and high school campuses, the importance of, you know, our goal this year to have a million conversations with Jesse. No one has more conversations with those most targeted by the abortion industry than Students for Life and Students for Life Action. And, and the reason we do that is because we've seen this happen. We see this happen every single day with young people. They'll, they'll start the conversation supporting abortion, proudly saying they're pro-choice. We repeat back to them what that support means, and they, they, they change their mind. They've been conditioned to say, uh, I'm pro-choice. They've been conditioned to say, I support Roe versus Wade. And then you ask them, what is Roe versus Wade? They don't know. Well, Kristen, uh, in past uh, years at the March for Life, I remember vividly the images of uh, all of uh, the Students for Life of America, kids uh, gathered in front of the Supreme Court uh, chanting, we are the pro-life generation, you leading the way with the with the big uh, blowhorn. Uh, <laughs> this year is going to be a little bit different uh, since uh, the focus is going to be on the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, same street just facing a different side. Uh, and, and the, you know, the march is, it, it's very important. I'll be out there today. We'll still be gathering at the Supreme Court, as I'm sure the 15 pro-abortion protesters who come out to protest the march will make their way to the Supreme Court. Um, but our team will be out there. But the chants this year are going to be different, you know. I'm, I was texting with our team just moments ago, making sure when we're out there today that, you know, the students know our new chant. Well, you know, we're not hey, – Hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade is going to go. It's now one, two, three, four. Roe v. Wade is out the door. Five, six, seven, eight. Now it's time to legislate. That's, that's the chant, and that's why we're ending the march in front of the U.S. Capitol. I love it. Uh, one, two, three, Roe v. Wade is out the door. I, I, Five, look, six, seven, look, eight. It's time to legislate. Looking forward to it. Uh, final thoughts on making abortion unthinkable in sure. this post-Roe America. I, I would say, you know, the, the, the presentation I'm preparing for our students, the clarion call for them is not to stop, that the, that the abortion lobby has refused to give in, and this is our moment to be relentless. The, the, the dangerous proliferation of chemical abortion drugs is the greatest adversary our, moment, our movement faces at this moment, and folks listening need to educate themselves what chemical abortion is, what it does, how it leads to injury and fertility and death of mothers, not only the death of children, and it's a drug of choice by sex abusers in our country. We need to begin talking about the dangers of this drug, why our pharmacies should not be carrying it, because the next step will be not, you know, pharmacies can carry. The next step in the Biden administration will be pharmacies must carry, you know, no conscience rights for pharmacists. And then finally it will be, you know, these pills should be sold over the counter for anyone uh, to access. Um, that we must stop. The queasy, sick feeling in my gut I get every time I go and pray in front of an abortion facility should not be the sick feeling I get in my gut every time I walk into a CVS or Walgreens. So I'd encourage folks, we're going to be out there outside of Chicago on Valentine's Day, February 14th, uh, protesting Walgreens National Headquarters 
telling them to stop the chemical abortion cartel, encourage folks to sign up uh, and join us there. Well, Kristen, uh, you are the fearless leader of the post-road generation. You are truly a pro-life champion. Thank you so Pray much. You got me all fired up. Pray I wish me, I was please. in D.C. with you uh, for this year's March. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. God bless. Please pray for me. Absolutely. Many prayers coming your way. Morning Air contributor Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action. For more, you can go to studentsforlife.org. We need to take a short time out. When we come back, Dr. Pat Castle, you talk about enthusiasm. He's the president and founder of Life Runners. Uh, He'll be joining us live from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. with his take on a post-Roe America. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this special March for Life special edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. say pro, you say life. Pro. What's going on with the Life Runners? As of right now, we have 10,277 teammates, all 50 states, 37 nations. Raise your hand if you believe that life should be protected and cherished and celebrated from conception and natural death. And if you got your hand up, just turn to your neighbor and slap him a high five. We do run across America every year. And this year, this will be our seventh year. generations to come. Let's be counted. Let's walk for life. Let's walk for life. And that was the pride and joy of Omaha, Nebraska, the one and only Mr. Enthusiasm, Dr. Pat Castle, the founder of Life Runners, who uh, will join us momentarily. Welcome back to this special March for Life edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday morning here across the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is very relevant this morning. It's from Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Every life is special, and every life has a purpose. The Lord knew you before you were conceived. The Lord knew you by your name when you would be born, your specific mission in life. He knows everything. God is the author of life, and human life must be protected from the very first moment of conception until the good Lord calls us home. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Now, St. Mother Teresa referred to abortion as the greatest uh, threat to world peace. There has been more uh, loss of life, more loss of peace in the world from abortion than any other cause of death. 
That's not even considering right here in our own country the 64 million unborn children that have perished since Roe v. Wade. In fact, uh, today in Washington, D.C., and this weekend, and in many cities around our nation, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands uh, will be marching, walking, and probably some people maybe even running for life. We're now joined uh, live from the March for Life in our nation's capital by Dr. Pat Castle, the president and founder of Life Runners, the world's largest pro-life team for much more on encouraging uh, everyone uh, to run for life. Good morning, Dr. Pat. Thanks so much for joining us. It is outstanding to be connected with you live uh, from the March for Life in D.C. Well, God morning, John. It is a great morning indeed. It really is. Uh, Dr. Pat, uh, it's really exciting. I mean, every march is always exciting, but this one uh, in particular, the first March for Life since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, what is going through your mind? What are some of your emotions as uh, we're just hours away uh, from the march? That's right. Well, I think of the foundress of the March for Life, Nellie Gray, when she said, listen, we're not celebrating anything at this March for Life until Roe v. Wade is overturned. And mark my word, she said, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And so I think about Nellie saying that, and we've arrived at that moment. And, and I would say we got we to gotta embrace this moment. And today is a March for Life parade. It is a, a victorious day. And we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate those victories and be encouraged today. We know, listening to Kristen Hawkins' words in the, in the previous interview, just the, the reality of the FDA, um, given the, the go for Walgreens and CVS to carry the chemical abortion pill, we know that we're going to have a lot of work to do, lots of targets in post-Roe America to be able to to stand up for life and to encourage people to choose life. But we know that ultimately uh, abortion is going to be ended when people realize that life is victorious, life is precious, life is, is a gift from God, just like the words that you shared a few minutes ago from Jeremiah 1.5. That ultimately, that, that getting to hearts and minds to choose God, choose life, choose goodness, choose victory, and we need to act like it. We, gotta, we have to radiate the, the victorious cross. We have to look victorious. We need, to, we need to celebrate life. We need to talk about life. We need to be confident, confide, with faith. And so that's today. And it's okay for everyone to go, yeah, you know, everyone to smile right now and go, wow. And remember, everyone right now listening, remember uh, that moment on June 24th when you heard that Roe was overturned. I mean, remember like if you, if it, if it brought you tears, if it made you emotional and it does just think about it. and let yourself be emotional and let those, those tears be, be tears of joy, but also we tomorrow. After this March for Life, tomorrow, we go back remembering that we need to remember the unborn that were aborted, the 64 million, so that we continue to have the compassion to suffer with all those mothers that are being duped by the lie of abortion so that we can be the body of Christ and be there for them so that they don't walk into an abortion facility. So praise God for today. It is the March for Life 
parade today. Well, Dr. Pat, uh, you are, are such a, a man of God and man of, of faith. You know that there's no accidents. You know, uh, on uh, June 24th, uh, <laughs> when Roe was overturned last summer, not only was it uh, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it was also Nellie Gray's birthday. Yeah, the founder birthday. of the Mars for Life, the co-founder. I mean, you, 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 you know, you can't make this stuff up. No. <laughs> Come Holy Spirit. I love it when you can sense all that networking. And that networking is happening. I mean, you know, God's people are gathering. The expo yesterday, it was great seeing, you know, as always, all those young people, great reaching out and them looking at that Remember the Unborn banner and our Remember the Unborn shirts and walking up and going, wow, like, that's a shirt that people are wearing. Yes, would you like to wear this shirt at school with 8,800 Life Runner students around the country on the first Wednesday of every month? And to have students go, yes, yes, I would like to do that. Great. Let's get you registered to be the newest Life Run in the world and be all in Christ for pro-life. So it was encouraging. We registered about 100 new Life Runners which puts us at about 21,000 teammates around the world. And one neat note, we added a country yesterday, John. So we added South Korea. We had a South Korean visiting, you know, heard about the March for Life, has a zeal for life. And I'm like, huh, you're our first life runner in South Korea. So that country number 44. And so Life Runners continues to regain territory in the Lord's name that life is victorious and to remember the unborn on behalf of all of us, life-loving, God-fearing, uh, you know, cross-wearing Christians that really are emblazing a trail for life for the future. Uh, being an athlete yourself, uh, you can appreciate uh, the great NFL Hall of Famer, uh, football coach Tony J Dungy, who will be speaking uh, at this oh, year's yeah. March. Uh, what a great story. He's, he's a, a dad of 11, eight of them, uh, of his children are adopted, and yet uh, the extreme left wing are calling him a right wing extremist. It's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, he's extremely compassionate, extremely generous extremely uh, God-loving. He is extreme indeed. <laughs> your your thoughts on uh, the next steps, uh, marching in a, a post-Roe America. What do you see as the next steps in okay. this battle Here, for the culture of life? Well, here's the next step. Let's start with a roll call. Everybody listening, raise your hand if you think life should be defended from conception to eternity. Okay, if your hand's still up, how about hands this? up? Raise, yeah, great. Raise your hand if you realize that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of pro life witnesses. And if your hand's still up, look for someone nearby. I don't care if you're out in public at a grocery store at a gas stop, look for someone nearby and go over and give them a high five for life and just smile and tell them life is victorious. That's the, that's the pattern forward, um, to just to, to be victorious, to act victorious, to stay prayerful. You know, I think of the Life Runners Creed, which uh, listeners can find at liferunners.org slash creed. And the end of that creed says, guard us all born and unborn with your peace, Lord, for in you life is victorious. We pray and run in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So there's a prayer pushing us forward, John. It's a it's a beautiful prayer, and it's in keeping uh, with uh, your famous sign from Jeremiah one five. <laughs> Remember yes. the unborn. We will never ever ever forget uh, these sixty four million unborn children that have perished since Roe. Uh, I know uh, for all those marchers, uh, those babies will be on their minds. Mm-hmm. And so for those that are marking your calendar for. What do we have to do this year? How can we continue to stand up for life? Uh, the, the life runners will be gathering in the Black Hills of South Dakota under the shadow of Mount Rushmore in the Crazy Horse Monument uh, under the banner of Freedom for All, Born and Unborn, on October 8th. So if you want to come and join us for the Crazy Horse Marathon in the Black Hills, it also will be running across America again. So from August 26th, October 8th, join us coast to coast, border to border, jump on liferunners.org. And Life Runners and everybody, if your faith is bold enough to put on a shirt that says, remember the unborn with a big cross on the front, go to liferunners.org, join the team, get a shirt, keep wearing your witness. It matters. And then John, we know the cheer. I'm going to give an all in Christ. Real quick, because we got to go. There. Here we go. And everyone out there, give a four pro-life. I'm going to give an all in Christ. Everyone give a four pro-life. Here we go. All in Christ. Four, four pro-life. Pro all in Christ. Four, four pro-life. Pro all in Christ. Four, four pro-life. Pro Thanks so much, awesome. Dr. Pat Castle. God bless you. Now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. So important to remember the homeless, especially this time of year. Our story today, John Paul II and the Homeless Man. There's a famous story in the Vatican about a homeless person of Polish origin who usually stayed in Rome. Didn't speak to anyone, not even the Caritas volunteers who brought him a hot meal in the evening. Only after a long time did they manage to have him tell his story. He said, I'm a priest. I know your Pope well. We studied together in seminary. Well, word arrived to St. John Paul II, who'd heard the name and confirmed that he was in seminary with him and wanted to meet him. They embraced after 40 years. And at the end of the audience, the Pope asked the priest, who'd been his companion in seminary, to hear his confession. Now it's your turn, Pope John Paul II said, and his companion from seminary went to confession with the Pope. Thanks to the gesture of one volunteer, a hot meal, a few words of comfort, and a look of kindness, this person recovered and resumed a normal life that led him to become a hospital chaplain. The Pope had helped him. Certainly, this is a miracle, but also an example to say that homeless people have a great dignity. Luke 12, 6 and 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. That'll do it for this special March for Life edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverens, uh, Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Choose life, America. Choose life. Thank you so much for being with us on this special edition of the show.